The Miami Heat were in Toronto to take on the Raptors. Less than 72 hours since a triple overtime thriller on Saturday in the first half. The Heat looked completely in control, but the Raptors came storming back in the third quarter, eventually taking an eight-point lead of their own. The Heat wouldn't give up, giving some big scoring from Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo, who was fantastic all game long, the very best version of himself. The Raptors did just enough down to stretch to hold off Miami, and the Heat wound up losing 110-106. We break down what went wrong with Miami's late-game execution before giving out slices of blame pie all around and wondering if the Heat can turn around the issues with their half-court offense. Oh, well. At least it didn't go into overtime. But you're just in time for today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Tuesday edition of Locked on Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat related. However, you may be listening on YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. I'm David Ramil, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Wes Goldberg. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Check out prizepix.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. After a blowout la- loss on Monday night to the Boston Celtics, the Heat were playing their fourth game in five nights, traveling across the border for the first time in two years to take on the Toronto Raptors. They may have been tired, but at least they welcomed back Jimmy Butler and P.J. Tucker into the starting lineup, and everything seemed to be going extremely well for the Heat. Bam Adebayo was the best version of himself, like I said before. Jimmy was in playmaking mode, and the Heat took a 15-point lead. But the second half was a completely different story. Miami's dreaded third quarter took over after holding Fred, uh, Raptors guard Fred Van Vliet to just two field goal attempts in the first half. Van Vliet caught fire in the third quarter, scoring 14 of his total 21 points. Conversely, the Heat were missing everything, going just 7 of 22 from the field and 1 of 12 from three-point range. 8.3%. That's a real number. And while the Heat were able to hold on to a slight lead, momentum was clearly in Toronto's favor. They wound up taking an eight-point lead with a minute and a half left. And then, bam, scored a driving layup to cut it to six. A Jimmy Butler turnover with just over a minute left gave the Raptors the ball. But the Heat defended that very well. And Tyler Hero scored four consecutive points to cut the lead to two with just 6.7 seconds, uh, seconds left. And then a well-designed inbound play led to an OG Ananobi alley-oop dunk that was the nail in the coffin. The final result, a 110-106 loss to the Toronto Raptors. The second loss to the Raptors in four, in four days, like we said, and also their third consecutive loss. So the Heat now on a third-game losing streak. Wes, so much to take away from this yeah. game. So much late-game problems for the Heat. Something we talked about in recent episodes. Look, we kind of – I mean, we should start off on something positive because the Heat have been – well, they, they, you know, there have been some issues lately, and we kind of were ragging on Bam Adebayo, and, and partly because of his lack of aggression over the last few games. But this was, like I said, it's just the kind of version of Bam that everybody wanted to see. He was uh, exciting. He was driving to the hoop. He was aggressive uh, and looked, again, like uh, the yeah. all-star that we know he can be. Yeah, you and I were texting in the first half, and I was like, what's your takeaway when the Heat led by 12 at halftime? And you were just you just one word. You said Bam. And I said, right. yeah. And you and I were actually – Having that conversation about, wow, Jimmy in this playmaking role, he's back on the court, unlike that game in Boston where he sat out because of this right ankle sprain that he was dealing right. with. And they're like, yeah, you know what? You've got Jimmy on the court. Maybe Bam just doesn't feel as much of a playmaking responsibility. He's more right. free to just create for himself and get to the basket and do all those things. 
And I do think that part of, I, I think that's partly true. Uh, I also think this is just a night where Bam was playing really good. And I don't know that we necessarily need to read too much into it here. I mean, Bam and Jimmy have played a lot of games together. And Bam hasn't scored 32 points in those in every single one of those games. So, um, look, I don't know how much... I, I don't know how much we can really take away from this game. First of all, this is their fourth game in five nights. It shouldn't be a surprise that something like that would result in a three-game losing streak. Their first three-game losing streak since the middle of November. Um, but... This team looked tired, and you just look at how this box score played out. I mean, they led by 12 at halftime. They lead by as much as 15 in the beginning stages of that third quarter. In that first half, they shot 58% overall, and I don't know what happened. I don't I don't know if the, 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 the walk to the locker room at halftime was really long or something, and the walk back to the court was really long because they were just exhausted in that second half. The tired legs, essentially, I think caught up with them and they ended up shooting 40% overall in that second half, just 12 and a half percent from three point range in the, in the last two quarters. And this is the kind of thing that happens. You just sort of run into a wall. Bam didn't Bam never ran into that wall. And there was, and he kind of had his leaning over the, 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 the stanchion moment in the, in the fourth quarter, getting to the, getting to the basket for the second time in a row to, to cut the lead down to two possessions. And he's just laying on the floor with his hands over his head, just exhausted because he knows He's the only guy that could do it right now, and he was the only that guy that could do it tonight for Miami. He just didn't get some. He didn't get enough help from anybody else. Yeah, that's a, a strange conversation shift from the one we've recently been having. Uh, you know, certainly Heat fans, I think, have been even much more critical of Bam than we've been. Like we, we, I mean, I, I in particular, I think, pointed the finger at Bam and said, "Look, there, there were moments there against the Celtics. There were moments there, uh, even against the Raptors, where you knew he had to be more aggressive. You're missing your other All Star." One of your your big three in Kyle Lowry. He's missed what is like his tenth consecutive game his at this ninth, point. Yeah, at ninth. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Bam needed to do more tonight. Eleven of thir- I'm sorry, thirteen of seventeen from the floor. Six of seven from the line. Got to the line. You know, uh, second most to Jimmy Butler. Eleven rebounds, two assists, two steals, one block. Moments there and late in the game, as you pointed out, were. He just he seemed like he wanted it more. He would get down the rebound on one end, and he would push the ball. And and engage this offense in a way that we have not seen him of late be able to do or be willing to do. And maybe it was just the return of Jimmy. Uh, to your well, point, I however, know, I, I just this this conversation is worth having because there are these are real legitimate criticisms of Bam's game, but they're the same criticisms we have of Jimmy Butler's game, isn't it? Sometimes they're both too passive. Like you just take player A, player B, for example. We could do this old bit where, hey, this guy's just too passive tonight. He's passing up wide open shots at the rim and kicking out the shooters instead of just taking the easy shots. Which player am I talking about? Is it Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo? And if I just give you a mystery okay. night, any game of the season, you'd have no idea. It could have, it'd be a 50-50 chance toss up. It could, it could be, be Kyle Lowry. Of them. Could be Lowry. Or Kyle Lowry. Or Kyle Lowry. Um, that is sort of, it's the strength and it's their greatest their weakness. weakness at times too. And... I don't know. Is there a game that both of them are, look at first blush? I'm like, yeah, Jimmy Butler was a little too passive tonight, but also Bam scored 30 plus and they were feeding him and they should feed him when you have yeah. a guy going like that. Is there a perfect balance where you've got both of these guys just going, you know, LeBron and Dwayne Wade just scoring 30 apiece and just ignoring all the Mario Chalmers and Mike Miller's in the world saying, yeah. you know what? You're just not going to eat tonight. It's going to be us and win games anyway. But I, I don't know. I think the, the, the formula for this heat team is that, it's sort of an ensemble group, very much like the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference. 
And I don't know. I just thought like, hey, there's going to be nights where Bam is like this and Jimmy is like that. And maybe you're not getting the shots going in from everybody else. I don't know. It's 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 just a weird dichotomy. This this conversation that we have. And I don't know. I Again, worthy criticisms to have, but not particularly interesting conversations to have. If every night it's just going to be the seesaw of, well, this guy was aggressive enough, but that guy was too passive. Like, I don't know if there's a, 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 a right answer to this. It's fair. I, I think. We can all be prisoners of the moment sometime. And this felt like a game that was, despite their third quarter problems, eminently winnable just because they were their very best version of themselves all quarter long or all all first half long. And then towards the second half, they were just a complete mess, looking very discombobulated, not sure where the ball should go. The playmaking stopped, the shooting stopped. There was just nothing there going for anybody offensively, not Jimmy, not Bam. Uh, Bam had his moments in the fourth quarter to his credit. So did Tyler here. We should point that out. Jimmy looked very off. Uh, just three of 10 from the floor. Basically, without those 10 free throw attempts, again, he, he's been so good from the free throw line. 10 of 10 from the free throw line. Smirking constantly throughout the game. Not sure if you saw that. Basically, I'm yeah. sure Raptors players probably telling him, oh, just another foul call, probably criticizing his Maybe ability. Maybe it was Maybe it was. He was getting a very friendly whistle in his favor. Not to say he didn't earn it. It it feels very different than watching, say, James Harden of the last five seasons. This is Jimmy doing everything he can, putting his head down, bullying his way to the rim, and then drawing contact along the way. And More often than not, getting a foul call, sure. But uh, without that, he was just even more ineffective. I don't know. It's, It's... it just feels tough because you look at this game and you see what happened on the floor there the first half and you go, okay, this is this is where this version of this team is so good. They're passing the ball, spraying it out, the three-point shooters. Max Struess is hitting the shot. Duncan started off okay, then he cooled off considerably. Even Gabe Vincent had his moments. He was one to four from three-point range. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, Miami is looking like the contender that we know they can be. And then all of a sudden, this is a very different yeah. version of this I, I, team in the second half. We got to give credit to Toronto. That defense made adjustments. Absolutely. They gave him a lot of different looks, and Miami just couldn't figure it out. And again, maybe that's in this series, the most valuable player was probably going to be Kyle Lowry. He knows Nick Nurse's system, he knows what to expect from that defense. He's played with most of those guys just last season. So it uh, would have been really nice to have Kyle Lowry in this game, you know, just to have him in one of these games. Obviously, he's dealing with some serious personal things off the court, and we don't really know the uh, particulars about that, but. Would have been nice to have him on the court either way, but um, I, I don't know, man. Like the late game offense stuff is real. I don't, it's just, it's so hard to parse how much credit to give Toronto's defense because that's a legitimately good defense that is a tough yes. matchup for Miami. Yes. Um, and and just some of the, the combined with the tired legs, four games and five nights, combined with not having, like I said, probably your most valuable player for this sort of series in Kyle Lowry, combined with just missing shots. Um, and all these other things that are involved. Yeah, it, it was a, a strange showing. Uh, they put it past them. We'll see what happens when the Heat take on the San Antonio Spurs on Thursday. Another game that they have to remake because of their earlier issues due to COVID-19 and everything that's impacted this season and, and changed the schedule so much for the Heat. But we'll talk about who deserves the most blame in the next segment before looking at an overall picture of where Miami lays in the standings and whether or not there is a cause for concern but first, a reminder that this show is brought to you by Prize Picks. If you're an NBA fan, you probably are if you're listening to this show, and you're looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA, then you need to try the award winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and we know you will too. It's easy to use. 
You pick two to five players in an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Again, they will offer a variety of options. Offers any props you can think of from points scored to rebounds to steals. It allows you to mix sports entries. PrizePix doesn't just offer the NBA. They have options of the college basketball, college football, NFL, Major League Baseball, soccer, MMA, and more. So for a limited time only, PrizePix has an exclusive offer, no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. They get $50 for free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point but you must use the code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA for $50 for a free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single points. So make sure you sign on to prize picks uh, and, and use that promo code NBA to begin winning today. And also a reminder that TurboTax is a sponsor of the show. We all have unique lives. Whether you're invested in crypto for the first time this year, if you own an up-and-coming small business, or are raising rambunctious twins, luckily, TurboTax Lives has experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, or do your taxes for you from start to finish, no matter your unique situation. To TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. That's Intuit TurboTax Live. Thank you for making Locked On Heat your first listen. The NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern, and the Locked On NBA podcast will be covering it live from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to Locked On NBA YouTube and turn your notifications on so you know when they go live. All right, David, let's whip up some blame pie here. Divvy out some blame for this heat loss. And I'm going to start with our biggest slice. And that's going to go to the Delta variant. And it's ah. getting a whopping 50% of this freaking mm-hmm. pie. If not for having to reschedule this Spurs game. Which for some reason based on you know complicated NBA algorithms. Pushed this Toronto game back. And kind of flipped the San Antonio game back later this week. Uh, it resulted in a really tough back-to-back stretch on the road for Miami. And an even worse four game in five night. Uh pocket in the schedule and i know that maybe some heat fans will push back and say well toronto is on the second night of a back-to-back too but it was a tough schedule situation for them as well uh they played just three games in four nights compared to miami's four games in five nights so not as tough and also they were at home and the heat weren't so i don't know i just think the when it came down to it i don't think if the heat had to rearrange their schedule this week because they had a game earlier uh, in December postponed uh, because of the Delta variant, that they are on a three-game losing streak right now. That's my point. That's fair. Uh, I, I'm curious, how do you feel about like the midseason doldrums? Is it a real thing for you? Yes. I mean, you talk, you talked to players uh, when you were covering the Warriors. Did they ever give off that vibe that, look, but come February right before the All-Star break, they're just kind of tired. They want to reach that break. They need a break themselves. Is that is that something realistic? Because I was covering last night's game for Locked On NBA, and man, there was just some very aberrant performances there, like players that just were injured or just out or, or just kind of just falling apart late in games and things of that sort. And I feel like that's kind of where Miami is in this middle of these midseason doldrums. You're a believer then. 
Oh, 100%. It's a real thing. I mean, the Warriors are very open about talking about it. Um, I don't think the Heat would, no, just given never. their sort of brand God and personality. But uh, just Next watch man these up. games. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. watch these games, though. I mean, it's very right. clear. Uh, and look, I guess, like, the midseason doldrums would impact every team, right? Like, the dog days are the dog days for everybody. And so it's not really an excuse. And I think that's what a lot of people would tell you. Yes. Um, but, you know, I don't think it's also a black and white thing. I think it affects teams in different ways and in different amounts. And I think the Heat are really dealing with it because, you know, they're, they've come out a really tough stretch. I know we're all talking about how resilient the Heat have been and the next man up mentality and all these guys, developmental guys, 10-day guys, like winning games in December and all this stuff. But that's right. still tough and it wears on you, right? Like that stuff is hard. Um, and eventually it's going to take a toll. It didn't take a toll when we expected it to. Maybe it's starting to take a toll now. But again, the schedule doesn't help. Moving on to our next slice, it's to Jimmy Butler. Hate Ooh. to do this, David, but he's getting a whopping 20% piece of this blame pie. Um, look, the numbers speak for themselves if you want to just look at the box score, but we already went over that. Here's what I'm focused on. The Heat, with a minute and seven to go, a minute and seven seconds to go in this game, Bam Adebayo just hit two layups in transition to make it a six-point game. 108, yeah, 108-102. 108-102. And they have a... A chance now to make it a one-possession game. They have the ball coming back. And it looks like they have an opportunity to set up their offense. And they swing it to Jimmy Butler in the corner. No big deal. Just a normal thing off the side of the court. And Jimmy Butler all of a sudden just decides, you know what? I'm going to go up for a three. He already took one three earlier in the game. He didn't make it, but he took it. Uh, and he went. He goes up for another three. And, he, and then I think in the middle of the air remembers, wait a minute. I'm Jimmy Butler. I shouldn't be taking a three right now, especially with Tyler Hero right next to me, who's awesome at these shots. And he kind of tries to do this weird shot fake pump pass to Tyler thing. And ultimately what happens is a Fred Van Vliet knocks it off of him and it goes yeah. out of bounds. It's credited as a Fred Van Vliet block in the box score. Make no mistake about it. That should have been Jimmy Butler. That should have been a turnover credited to Jimmy Butler. He ended up with how many t- uh, turnovers in the game? Uh Three, he should have had four in this game. Um, that was weird. And it kind of just took the wind out of Miami's sails. And, and it's not oh. the kind of play that we're accustomed to Jimmy uh, seeing from Jimmy Butler. We're accustomed to Jimmy Butler making. He's usually the guy that you trust with the ball in those situations, not to make a play like that. I, I, I'm looking at this play now as you're talking about it. And I'm sorry, I went and, went and checked it yeah. out on NBA.com so I could see exactly what happened. And you're, you, you nailed the description there. Like, he goes up for the shot, and then he's like halfway up in the air, and he goes, "What the hell am I doing?" And it wasn't right. like Hero was even open too; like Hero no. was covered. Hero had actually passed it to Jimmy. Jimmy was wide open in the corner. He was getting a PJ Tucker screen. It looked like he might have an open opportunity there, but he drives more a couple feet over, more towards a little bit more open of a space there. And again, there it's like where he looks like he's going to take the shot, and then Van Vliet's on him ostensibly, but he's a few feet away. He had plenty of space over Van Vliet, who's, you know, five inches, six inches shorter than Jimmy. And then all of a sudden, he just, like, stops. And then he remembers, oh, I can't do this. He came, he came down with a ball, and then Van Vliet kind of swipes at it, and he's credited with the block, yeah. like you said. But I don't know that he actually made contact with the ball. I guess the ball kind of goes off of Jimmy at that point because he kind of forgot what to do in the middle playing basketball, which is <laughs> something he's usually very good at. I, I don't know. Like too much yeah, of that offense weird. in the fourth. Yeah, too much of the offense in the fourth quarter, with the exception of Bam Adebayo. Again, going to Tyler Hero. I told you about it before we started recording. There was this moment there where Max Strews grabs a rebound. I think one of the last plays of the game, the defensive yeah. rebound. He gets the ball, brings it up court, 
and then he's kind of holding it. It's like time's running Drew's out, froze. dude. Yeah. Juice froze. On that, I know exactly the possession. He's down on the he's on the near side of the court to the yeah. TV cameras that we're watching, and yeah. he's looking for Tyler. I'm like, Struess, man, you're loose. Yeah. Go ahead, do your thing. Uh, and and he's looking for Tyler. Everybody froze. And again, I don't want to put all of the blame. It's just 20 percent of this blame pie going to Jimmy. But I just felt like it kind of took the wind out of their sails. Yeah. Also, that play was weird. You're right. PJ sets this down screen for Jimmy in the corner. It should really be the opposite, shouldn't it? And that was Jimmy Butler's first three-pointer that he missed. It was the same exact play on the opposite corner. Uh, is this a new wrinkle that they're trying to get in so that Jimmy Butler can work in some three-pointers? I don't know. I have no idea. I'd like to see less of it, for sure, because it's not working. Um, 10% of the blame pie goes to Gary Trent Jr., who, again, scored 33 points or 30 bazillion points against the Heat tonight. He is the second coming of Michael Jordan anytime he plays the Heat, I guess. That's I this guy's unstoppable. So I don't I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on Gary Trent other than he's awesome. And as soon as he's a free agent, Miami's offering him the max. Um oh, and then I'm giving sure. 10% to Miami's shooters. Um again, Duncan Robinson, one of six tonight, one of five from three point range. Uh after that, he made his first three, didn't make the next four. Uh and then Gabe Vincent, Max Drews, Caleb Martin combined for seven of 19 for just 19 points. Again, you know, going into the season, you're not expecting to get any production from those guys, but the way the formula for the Heat winning lately has been getting production from those guys, and they just didn't get enough tonight. Uh, for all those people that say, hey, you know, we got to shoot more threes, get Max Drews and Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin more involved in the offense. This is why you can't really do that. It's because at the end of the day, they're not starter-level Players, They're not star players the way that Kyle Lowry, when available, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo on nights like this. Those guys are star players, and you need those guys to step up. So that's why I'm giving Jimmy Butler a greater, a much greater portion of the blame pie, but you also need those shooters to step up when those other, in order to sort of, you know, you know, compliment what it is that you're not getting from these other players. Yeah, I was curious, even as you're mentioning this stat, I was like wondering where uh, the Toronto Raptors rank in terms of three-point defense, whether or not they're like this Utah Jazz team that defends the three-point line very well and things of that sort. No, not at all. They're actually fifth worst in the NBA. They give up 36% from the three-point line. So it, it wasn't like this was something that they were just doing what they normally do and preventing Miami's good shots. There were some open looks there, and look, yeah, to your point, you've made it very clear, and I think I have too. Toronto played a very good defensive game. They challenged Miami's shooters fairly regularly. Van Vliet's a very unheralded defender, I think, at the point guard position. They've got a lot of length there with Barnes, uh, Boucher, uh, even uh, Champagny, your good friend Champagny. Uh, but also, uh, just 36%. I mean, if Miami had come anywhere close to 36%, they would have won this game in a landslide. Unfortunately, that was not the case, but... Whatever. It's a game. They'll put it behind them. They'll have to figure out a way of taking on the San Antonio Spurs. Now, that will be a very interesting game of sorts because they defend the paint very well. Miami actually Wait, beat- I forgot. I forgot. I'm sorry. I forgot one more slice of blame pie. I know we're already at 100%. Are you sure? But- yeah. yeah okay. I was going to say your math. We're at 100%, wrong. but I'm going. we got a little extra pie left in the in the pan. Yeah. I don't know. Ten. I don't bake. A pie 10. 10. Uh, a, a little 2% slice for Anthony Chang from the Miami Herald. He never tweets out uh, memes or gifts. He's a very like kind of straight laced beat writer when it comes to Twitter. Uh, he tweeted out a the meme office. of the, yeah, office the office at halftime saying uh, something about supposed adjustments. And he had Andy turning around and winking in the camera and the heat were outscored 44 to 60 after that. So a little blame pipe for Anthony Chang. I think that's fair. I think yeah. he deserves a, a big, a big part of it. 
Uh, little known fact, never seen a single episode of The Office. Not the American version, anyway. But, uh, wow, that's anyway, the most hipster thing you've ever seen on this show. I'm sorry? That's the most hipster thing you've ever say, said on this show. I, I watched the UK version before you Americans took it and butchered it completely. And I mean, I, at first, like, I was like, oh, maybe I'll give it a shot. But it went into like season 85 or whatever the hell, and yeah. Will Ferrell's in it. I'm like, you know what? No, this is it. The BBC, they know how to do programming. They did two seasons, and that's all it takes. Uh, if you can't, if you can't wrap up a show in like less than 40 episodes, I don't know what the hell you're doing with your life. Anyway, uh, let's move on. We'll talk a little bit about, uh, yeah, I'm scorching. I don't, you know, don't bring the hot takes when it comes to, Anything heat related, but I, uh, I try to be even keel. But when it comes to TV, I've got some things to say. We'll look a little bit about the standings. I'm not sure why, because right now the Heat are still doing okay in the standings, but they've slipped a little bit. We'll uh, kind of zoom out and look at where Miami falls currently and whether or not there is cause for concern before the All Star break. But just another reminder that this show is brought to you by Bill Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier. Make sure you include Bilt Bar in your plan. Bilt Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Bilt Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which would be chalky or, or waxy or taste like chemicals, these are soft, easy to chew, 100% covered in chocolate, and 100% delicious. So many great flavors to choose from. You can get a mixed box with all of your favorites, so you can make sure to stick to your resolutions. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least try something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. I think that's, that's the way it works. Uh, so go to Built.com, use the promo code LOG15, and you'll get 15% off your orders. That's right. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 and you get 15% off your order of Built Bars. Just a reminder that you can always reach us via email at lockdownheat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. You can do so on Spotify. You can do so on iTunes. And of course, you can always do that on YouTube. So many great comments, so much great feedback. We'll probably record a mailbag at some point soon. So keep those questions coming in because we love to hear from you all. We're kind of looking here at the uh, bigger picture. You know what? I, I've got to, before we move on there, hipster? Hipster to watch the UK version of The Office? I have never ever been accused no handlebar mustache on me zero flannel in my closet i've never been accused of being a hipster in my just life just saying it was the hipster thing that you said i mean i just know that every hipster would be like you know what I, I watched the uk version i watched the uk version it sucks whoa it's not it's not as good i like the american version give me jim and pam and give me steve carell i'm with you once steve carell leaves the show it's not any good not any use in well, watching it. it um you know i i but it's it's funny. It's the most streamed right. show on Netflix for a reason. Nice. Americans have bad taste. Is that the reason? Because that would well, probably I don't align disagree with that generally. But <laughs> anyway. in this case, it's a good show. Yeah, let, let, well, let's get all of everybody's takes on television because I think even though we're a, bod, uh, a basketball related podcast, uh, you know, on the periphery we like talking about other things too. We used to always talk about pop culture references. I think we still do an occasion, but there was that one bleak time period there where we compared what heat players to like MCU movies, the Marvel universe. I don't oh remember. God, what I remember the, Guard the gardens, Guardians of the galaxy. Of the galaxy. Like, yeah, that's all we had. We didn't have anything else to talk about. It was either that or the power forward belt. But anyway, uh, currently let's, let's, let's talk about the, the standings a little bit. You wanted to kind of zoom out uh, and look at where Miami currently stands, whether or not there is cause for concern. I, I guess you have cause for concern. 
No, I just think it's worth taking a look because, I mean, we're not necessarily in what I think people would consider the home stretch. I don't know when the home stretch technically begins uh, or like the ramp up to the playoffs or whatever sort of uh, vernacular you want to use here. But it's the, it's the second half of the season. We're going into the all-star break. Um, like you were talking about earlier, t- kind of this is the the dog days of the season. But it's also an opportunity for some teams to gain ground on others. And you just look at the Eastern Conference in Miami. We were talking about them being the number one seed when they yeah. were the number one seed. And it's worth, okay, like if we're going to talk about them being the number one seed, we should probably talk them about them being the number three seed right now. Like we need to start kind of not hanging on the standings, but, you know, updating it and, and taking a look at where they stand right now. And obviously the Heat on a three-game losing streak have slid in the standings a little bit. Chicago beats Orlando tonight. So mm-hmm. they're two games up in the loss column on Miami. 32, Chicago, and, 20, 32 right? and 18. Yeah, 32 30. and 18, Miami 32 and 20. Philadelphia technically sandwiched between Chicago and Miami because they're 31 and 19. Um, and they're on a five-game win streak. They've won eight of their last 10 games. They're playing really well. And they're a team to watch, obviously, at the trade deadline, depending on what happens with Ben Simmons. So mm-hmm. you even look at where Miami is in third place right now. They're just a half game up on Cleveland, just a half game up on Milwaukee. They're only a game and a half up on Brooklyn. There's no, I, I don't think there's any worry about them sliding into the play-in area. They're four, like uh, three and a half games up on Charlotte, and I don't think that's where this team ends up, um, especially when they're healthy. Lowry comes back and all that, but right. I just thought it was worth talking about and just worth monitoring just how packed. The top six are in the East. There's an equal chance Miami ends up with the top seed in home court. Or the sixth seed, and they're stuck, and they're stuck there. Uh, you know, thirty games left. What's realistic? What's the goal for them? I mean, thirty and zero, obviously, but I, I think twenty and ten, maybe twenty-two and eight. Uh, that should be what they push for. I think that would probably put them in the best position to compete for not just home court advantage, but certainly maybe even the top seed in the Eastern Conference. It's doable. Uh, and, and also kind of changed something we talked about recently when we were looking at our breakdown of where Duncan Robinson currently stands. You know, I think you look at him as being the most obvious movable piece on this roster. And I think we're both on record saying that it's very unlikely that Duncan Robinson gets traded, uh, that while there might be some interest there from uh, the heat in doing so, I don't think they're going to get anything in return that takes away the potential of what Duncan brings as a shooter, the, uh, the very real possibility of him catching fire at some point in the playoffs. But you look at their most recent run to the NBA Finals, right? And that was a team that was going through their own midseason doldrums before the season shut down in mid-March after the All-Star break. They were kind of going through injuries. Uh, they had just completed their trade acquisition of Jay Crowder and Andre Guadalla. And that was viewed as a potential boost, right? You started to see some potential for this team when they took on the Milwaukee Bucks early in that season. You could see them forming the wall against Giannis. And, of course, when those two teams met in the playoffs, uh, it became a very realistic way of of limiting what Adetokounmpo could do. And I just don't know that they're going to get this kind of boost this season. It's not like they're going to be able to trade for a player that's going to come in and energize this team. They've got enough already. Maybe they're kind of just maybe they'll get that boost. Again, who knows what's happening with Kyle Lowry? Who knows where his mental state is at? You can infer enough from comments from Jimmy Butler and others that he's definitely going through some very tough times away from the court. And as Jimmy mentioned, it's you know, basketball as important as it is to everybody watching and listening to this show, right now it's not the most important thing for Kyle. So one can only hope that whatever it is that he's dealing with, 
that hopefully he can bounce back and, and become a factor for this team yeah. moving forward. And he's in a good enough place to do so and then provide that kind of energy boost that Miami might be looking for. But otherwise, it's not like they're going to get any kind of unexpected turnaround here. They're not getting another player well, in a buyout situation or anything like that. It's going to add a whole other dimension to this team right. that doesn't currently exist. Yeah, I don't I don't foresee any major swing trade happening that would give right. him whatever kind of boost that we're talking about here, but I think it could be provided just between but just from the schedule. After this road trip, it, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, right? And you look at uh the rest of the way going forward and they only play three games on the road in a row one more time and it's mm. not a tough you know, it, it's still a northeastern trip. It's it's this one basically. It's Boston, Chicago, Toronto again from March 30th to April 3rd. But other than that, it's only a game here, two games there. They're playing a majority of their games at home, and you look at what Miami's been right. able to do at home and the way they've spoken about the home crowd, and I've talked about this on this show. I think it's it's been a really great, uh, impactful type of atmosphere at FTX Arena this year, and, and uh, I'm not a person that says that lightly. Like I'm not a guy that says, oh, yeah, home crowd, sixth man. Like I usually don't care about that stuff, but you could tell sure. it makes a difference. And you just look at the record. The Heat are 18 and 6 at home. They're 14 and 14 on the road. Yeah. Nobody they're like they're as good as anybody on their own home court. And a majority of their games are going to be at home after this this really tough road trip. So I think once they get back at home, they they have their they take advantage of an all-star break. Um maybe it's only Jimmy Butler that gets sent there. It, it's looking like. I don't know. They're not gonna have a ton of representatives at this thing. There's not a lot of guys being in these events. They 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 were starting to hear the leaks of the dunk contest and right. the 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 uh the rising stars challenge was announced and Miami doesn't have a representative there, obviously. So um, you know, most of this roster is gonna be rested and yeah. and they're gonna be able to take advantage, hopefully, of the schedule uh in the second half. I mean, quickly, just that you mentioned the Rising Stars thing, do you think Omer Yurtseven deserved an opportunity to participate no. in it? No? No, he barely played. Yeah, that's fair. No, I, I think that's a, that's the right take. Uh, I mean, a lot of people recognize his potential, but it wasn't something that he had been able to sustain for a prolonged period of time. He, he didn't have no, The biggest action. snub was Anekia Kangu from Atlanta. I don't know how he didn't make it. He's been good for them this year. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, tough to say. Well, anyway, the four games left on this current road trip. They take the San Antonio Spurs on on Thursday, and then they face the Charlotte Hornets on Saturday before going to Washington, who's going through issues with their own Bradley Beal, missing a significant amount of time there. And the New Orleans Horn, I'm sorry, the New Orleans Pelicans, who are uh, a little plucky themselves. They got Jonas Valanciunas yeah. there. They've always been a very difficult uh, matchup for Miami. We'll see if the Heat can wrap up this road trip, uh, hopefully with a four-game win streak to counter this current three-game losing streak. But that's all for now. Remember to please sign on and leave comments. Uh, always follow the show wherever possible. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. This is David Ramil signing off for now. Thanks so much for joining me, Wes. Watch The Office.